0: good morning and welcome to the automation morning show for thursday january 18th 2024 i keep wanting to say 23 2024 my name is sean tierney from insights in automation and this is a show where i cover what's new and happening in industrial automation got into the studio a little late this morning so let me go over to the studio board here and make sure everything's working it looks like the mic is a little low There's, um, I'm fighting this new uh, software. It keeps wanting to take control of the volume levels and uh, reduce them. And so I hope your day is off to a great start. I'm just trying to set myself here in the camera. I got so much going on, but uh, today we want to get into the news. So let me go ahead and reselect uh, the news window here and we'll do this. And um, let's go ahead and get started here by, uh, just a reminder, if you're new to the show, Every single link we've covered in all 160 plus shows, you will find at automate.news. That is our news aggregate website for industrial automation. And they're also filterable filterable by the type of news and um, the vendor. So you can see them all here. You can even see the counts there. So in any case, uh, with that said, I do want to thank today's sponsor for making this show ad-free. And that is Siemens. So thank you, Siemens, for your support and backing our show and um, believing in us and uh, making it ad-free because everybody likes ad-free content, right? From there, we go over to a, uh, a, a you know press release from Thompson. Had, didn't hear much from them last year. I think we had one story in the middle of the year um, after a couple of stories early in the year. And uh, this is great, getting news from them uh, at this point, so early in the year here in 2024. But Thompson announces rotating nut stepper motor linear linear actuators with rotary encoder. So this is a new product for them. And instead of reading through the article, which I will link to, um, I wanted to bring up a picture of it, give you a better idea of what we're looking at here. So you can see what they look like there. So congratulations, Thompson, on the product release. Love to have you guys on the show to talk about it. With that, we go over to Leviton. I thought this was interesting. Um, They announced they acquired Prism DCS. And I'm like, leviton's picking up a dcs system well it's actually uh, prism makes data center solutions so not the dcs i was thinking about but in any case if you want to see what that looks like uh, that looks like a pretty good pickup for leviton considering what they do on the network side so in any case uh, from there we go over to an article which i really enjoyed from uh, rock automation this is tall. uh This is, um, I gotta get rid of all these pop ups. Usually, if I get in the studio early enough, I can get rid of all these pop ups before we go live. But in any case, this uh article is entitled Optimizing Your Material Movement Strategy with AMRs Four Questions to Explore. So, um, this article is all about AMRs. It is a little introductory for people who may not be familiar with AMRs, but then it goes into some real interesting content. And uh, I'll just read off some of the bullets here for you. Uh, they talk about what are AMRs. So that's the introductory piece. Um, how can AMRs add value to your current ap- operations at uh, all? They also cover what is the role of fleet management software in AMR developments. And finally, how can AMRs fit into your digital strategy? So I enjoyed the article. They do, uh, at the end list, some of the vendors they work with. And of course they bought auto motors, which are a big AMR vendor. Um, so in any case, um, Uh, But I still enjoyed the article. I thought it was very well done. Uh, Another good article that we're going to cover this morning is digitization strategy, finding a path forward after setbacks. And so these are the seven lessons on avoiding digitization project pitfalls. I thought I had already covered this, but I went over to automate that news. I didn't see the link there. So um, in any case, uh, I'll just read the bullets again. Lesson one, there are no shortcuts for digitization strategies. Lesson two, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. Wise words, right? Lesson three, testing is crucial for digitization projects. Yes, yes. Test and test and test again. Lesson four, choose long-term benefits over short-term gains. Lesson five, you get out of it what you put into it, right? So that also reminds me of garbage in, garbage out. If you put more uh, if you invest more in something, you typically get more returns back. And uh, lesson six, consider it insurance for your entire system. That one's not as obvious, I think, to me anyways. And lesson seven, having the right partner makes all the difference. You need somebody who's not just going to send you a box of stuff and then not be there to, to help you when you need to implement it, right? So that's where uh, a lot of times integrators, SIs, OEMs come into play. So very interesting article there. They had another one as well. And this one is entitled uh, again from Schneider uh, entitled, discover the benefits of digital asset tracking for your customers. And uh, I enjoyed this. I'll just read some of the highlights again, toss the papers and deliver the switchboard digitally. So what this article is talking about is, you know, having a QR code on a panel and by scanning that QR code, you get access to everything, right? Everything that the panel builder needed to build the panel. Everything that the uh, the PLC programmer needed to program the programmable controller, everything that the HMI did, they developed the HMI. How many times have people contacted me saying, "Hey, I don't have the APA file for my Panel V Plus. What do I do with this MER file?" You know. So th- I, I love this idea. We've um, we've had articles like this uh, before from Stahl, and you know it, it's like making this uh, not a digital wallet, but a digital folder for everything that goes into the construction of a project. And I know a lot of OEMs already do this because it's the only way to maintain you know, maintain sanity. And integrators do this too because you, know, you have some guy running a project, a lot of moving pieces. He needs to keep everything organized, to be, again, to be able to be efficient at his job. But um, taking this to the next level, having something you can deploy with a panel full of all kinds of stuff and have all that information. A lot of times you can get your distributors or resellers to help you with that. As you order stuff, they can send you links to everything related to that and you know onward down the chain. So I really enjoyed this article, um, and uh, you may want to check it out. They had some great graphics in here as well. From there we go over to PTC, and they had a couple interesting articles. Um, what is digital transformation and seven key principles of it? And um, I thought this was a good job. I love the way they laid it up and go into it. And now let me let me cover. Now I don't I don't necessarily agree with their seven principles as being the most important principles, but I still thought it was interesting. So I wanted to share it with you. So number one, align the, the why of digital transformation. So this is important in any project. You got to know your why, right? Number two, prepare for culture change. I don't know if I, I'm, I'm with that one. Number three, start small, but strategic, right? Remember we talked about, I think it was last week, proof of concept, but also proof of value, right? Yeah, you may be able to technically get it to work but what kind of value is this adding to your, to your customer base? Um, number four, map out technology implica- implementation. Very important to have a map of how the technology is going to be implemented. So you know that everything's going to connect seamlessly. Number five, seek out partners and expertise. Number six, gather feedback and refine as needed. So continuous improvement, right? Taking, um, taking feedback and, constantly trying to continuously improve your systems your projects your plant floors your processes right always important in every industry you know and number seven scale and transform you know if it works in one area maybe it'll work in another area maybe you can scale it up maybe changes will be needed to deploy this in different areas but the fact of the matter is here in the 21st century we shouldn't be doing things like the 50s and 60s and 70s right we have new technology in our homes. We Almost everybody carries a, what would be considered a supercomputer in their pocket, right? A smartphone. And, uh, you know, we got to make use of the technology we have. It's not expensive to do so, but you have to be determined and persistent in making it work for you uh, in a way that benefits the company. Not just to do it. I've seen so many people deploy technology just to do it, just because it's new. They want to do something new. Well, that's, that's great in our homes. Maybe we want to buy a new stereo or TV or you know, gadget. That's great. Buying it just for the sake of buying it. I've done that myself plenty of times. Um, but in any case, when it comes to the company, right? You know, every time I buy something here for insights and automation, I don't use it. I kind of cringe. I'm like bad investment, Sean. So in any case, I really enjoyed this article and I wanted to share that with you. And they had another one implementing zero trust to IOT solutions. So we've talked about zero trust a lot. Basically, you don't let any, anything on the network talk to anything else that's not Authenticated. That's not permitted. So you may have a PLC that needs to talk to an I/O rack via, you know, let's say Ethan IP or Profinet. So you would allow that, but maybe you wouldn't allow FTP over that same uh, connection. Maybe there's no reason to talk to the to the uh, I/O rack via FTP. Maybe there's no reason to ping it, right? So denial of service attacks. You know, you can use a lot of these other protocols or. or um, Uh, messages to to try to cause issues with your systems and maybe you have a a skater pc that needs to talk Mm -hmm. um, maybe just opc to a device in the field well why would you allow all of the pipes to be open in case that skater pc got hacked you know it still only has the ability to maybe read from the controller so or read or write to the uh, certain controllers maybe not every controller So I enjoyed this. They look at it from a different perspective in this article, which I also enjoyed because I'm like, I don't know if I buy that. And it kind of got me thinking about the different ways you could look at zero trust. From there, we go over to an article from Aviva, Building Scalable, Reliable, and Resilient Cloud Applications. They talk about their cloud applications and they talk about Microsoft Azure in this article. And I thought it was very interesting. Of course, everything you would expect from you know, a server provider, they have backups, they have redundancies, they have servers in different locations and so on. But in any case, so I enjoyed this article. They don't really talk specifically about, you know, we've talked about they've had updates on their products before. This is kind of more of a high level look at, you know, how to design a system so it's reliable, you know, a a cloud application so it's reliable. And I enjoyed it. I think you guys might too. From there we go over to WWT. And the reason I'm sharing this with you is because on Monday, I believe Monday. We'll, I'll be releasing a short version of my trends in industrial automation. So I had a vendor approach me and said, hey, we love your long format, you know, 40-minute trends in industrial automation, uh, you, know, that you, you know, video that you did for Siemens. We need something shorter for a meeting that's coming up. And so I, I spent uh, good most of Saturday working on this and um, created a video that was kind of like a uh, two-minute Edition of that right and just covering my top seven trend product trends I ended up having to just do product trends uh and in, in industrial automation i released that as an episode of the automation minute i believe on monday this coming monday so in any case unless the, the sponsor said asks me to move it out but in any case um i think uh, i think uh, this was interesting this article from wwt worldwide technology because it's talking about the top six trends in manufacturing for 2024 And I, I, because they come from an IT type of background, I thought it was interesting to contrast these, which is what I thought. So I'll just uh, give you the bullets here. Um, The six top trends shaping the future of manufacturing. Number one, IT and OT convergence. That one I don't see a lot just from my standpoint. Maybe some of you in the plants, maybe the lack of uh, being able to get, uh, you know, uh, network savvy people in. Maybe you're seeing that more than I am. But I think, uh, you know, in many large facilities, you'll have, you know, OT-specific people with an IT background that are dedicated just to the OT network, right? Uh, number two, operational technology, cybersecurity. I do agree with this one. This is one of my top ones as well. Cybersecurity is becoming more and more important as we see what's happened to some very large and public instances of cybersecurity failing, where where hackers have got in and either shut down pipelines for fuel or, or uh, you know change the chlorine levels and water to dangerous levels and so on uh, number three modern connectivity to power data acquisition and machine learning and ai so modern connectivity to i instead of power i'll say and enable data acquisition and machine learning and ai so yes i agree with this one you, you need great data connectivity you need you know a lot of times we're getting gigabit products now on the plant floor to get that PLC data and, and, and get it up to our, our data acquisition systems and machine learning. Um, I would say not so much machine learning, but AI, as far as analytics and condition monitoring and predictive maintenance, right. To me, I, I like machine learning when we take it and we, we, we create these new algorithms that we can then put into smart cameras and code readers just to make them easier to set up and, um, less expensive and, and smarter, right. So in any case, trend number four, industrial data operations. Okay, so I don't know if this would have made the top of my, it didn't make the top of my list, let's be honest, but it is important data ops for industrial side, for OT side, I think it's becoming more and more uh, important, not only data ops, but system ops, you know, maintaining your code, you know, storing it in uh, in, uh, in a, a a system that can track the changes and report on them and so on. So... I think operations need to, on the industrial side, you know, need to catch up to the IT side and become uh, more, especially, again, with with the reduction of the availability of people, with so many people retiring, um, this becomes very important that we have all our files and all our backups. Number five, edge to cloud and everything in between. And number six, I won't comment on all these, application, rationalization, and modernization. That's always a good one. Uh, from there, we go over to our featured product today because Siemens is our sponsor. We are going to feature the, uh, our S7 PLC Level 1 course over at theautomationschool.com. I got some really exciting news about some things we're doing at the Automation School. We're actually getting a training room that we're, uh, we're leasing along with some uh, offices for new studios. So uh, I don't have a lot to share on that now. We're just formalizing the lease, but we will actually start having uh live virtual and live in-person training courses we're going to start with like getting started with plcs we're not going to jump right into control logics because i think you know at least a room full of software if you're not like one of these very expensive ivy league or or uh four-year colleges that charge you know 100 grand a year um you don't get a break so it's kind of opposite right if you're just an average joe who wants to learn about plcs your your instructor can't give you a break um the software is like i think two or three grand a year per training station whereas if you're some kind of big expensive college and you you got people going there for four years at 100 grand a year then rockwell gives you like 90 percent off i don't get that so but i'll get off my soapbox in any case uh the s7 plcs we will be teaching s7 plcs in our new training center siemens has been a great partner um these little s7 1200 uh startup kits are so affordable definitely want to look at picking up a bunch of those get a lifetime copy of the software and a plc and I, now i don't know if they're in stock i had some of my students tell me they're still not back in stock but we'd love to pick up probably six or seven of those and just outfit our training room with those because they are affordable and um you know on on the rockwell side there they have um they have affordable micro 800 packages although it doesn't program unlike this s7 1200 when you learn that you learn in the 1500 When you learn a micro-800, you're kind of just generically learning, you know, IEC 61131, which is not bad. And uh, I'm a big fan. Ever since I I released Nano Basics, I'm a big fan of the micro-800. But uh, we also want to work with other vendors. So if you know a vendor, your favorite vendor is not Siemens or Rockwell. If maybe it's uh, PLC Direct, Automation Direct, or Mitsubishi, or or, uh, PLC uh, Next, or, you know, I'm going to, you know, some one of these companies behind me. Um... Let them know that we're setting up a training room. We would love to teach on their products, anything they can do to help us. I know Siemens has a whole curriculum that we were able to go through and there's a lot of books on their products. So anything they can do to help set us up, we'll actually be very happy to offer in-person training on that and a new facility. So with that, I'm very wordy today. I didn't sleep good last night, so I think that's why. But in any case, we have a new product announcement from Siemens about their new Cymatic IoT 2050. It's not even close to 2050, but in any case, I'm sure that's not not a product from the future. But I thought this was very interesting. Now, I don't know anything about these products except what they have here in this uh, this news release, and it's a um, it's a based on a Texas Instruments ARM dual core processor. Now, you know, I haven't heard about Texas Instruments in so many years. Uh, they used to be a big player back in the back in the 70s and 80s, but the, publicly, I don't hear about them much anymore. But this is uh, uh, based on Andrino and uh, Arduino. I don't know why I say Andrino. Android, Andrino. Arduino um, uh, uh, operating system. And it comes with, it looks like, I think it was Debian. Let's see if I can find it here in the list. All right, I'm not going to be able to find it quickly. It's in this list, I promise you. I did see it. But it comes with a a Linux-style operating system. And uh, so I just want to share with you if any of you guys want to uh, try one of these out and maybe an edge application. I always think of edge as smaller, maybe Arduino based or Linux based uh, systems. But in any case, I wanted to share that with you over at ElectroMate. They had an interesting article comparing eight different types of servo motors uh, to stepper motors. Now, um, if you have any junior people on your staff, maybe you just hired somebody. They're not uh, really you know, familiar with servos and steppers. This is uh, an excellent article. They actually go through AC servo motors, brush DC servo motors, brushless DC servo motors, linear servo motors, and so on and so on. So uh, good reading for any junior folks out there. Or if you've never had an opportunity to use servos in your current job, check that out. Um, From there, DigiKey had an article about securing time-sensitive networks for IIoT using managed Ethernet switches. And they're highlighting uh, one of the companies they sell, Hirschman. And I haven't heard from them in a long time, Hirschman. But uh, in any case, um, this talks about their Bobcat managed switches and how uh, you can implement cybersecurity. And you don't have to be a user of Hirschman switches to get something out of this article. I enjoyed it. I especially wanted, I was trying to find a high-definition version of this image to share with you. It's from Belden. And uh, I don't necessarily agree with their Industry 3.0, Industry 4.0 model here. And I wanted to blow it up and talk to you about that. But I... And a quick search, I couldn't find it on Belden's website. But in any case, love to get your feedback on that. Um, and I thought it was an excellent article, so I wanted to share it with you this morning. Over at Grace, they have a new article featuring the top 10 Arc Flash mitigation strategies for electricians and safety-conscious employers. I'm not going to go through this list because it's extensive. Of course, we always get our, uh, our weekly Bernie and Les uh, comic strip. But in any case, you can see them right here if you're interested in Arc Flash. From there, we head over to Opto 22. And they have an article, which I... And I talked to Dan just, it seems like a few weeks ago, over at Opto 22 about getting them on the show. And um, this is about building and previewing your automation system with Groove configurators. And uh, as I was reading through this, um, this is like if you're with Rockwell, this would be similar to IAB or Siemens has a similar uh, system selection tool. Um, But in any case, this not only lets you select the Groove, uh, the Groove um, um, Epic uh, controllers, it also does Groove Remote IO, and I think he said it does the old Snap PAC as well. So if you're using Opto 22, you may want to check this out and check on, check out this online configurator. I know the, the ones from uh, Rockwell and Siemens are pretty awesome and very helpful. From there, we go over the softing, and they have just extended their Edge Connector software, which we have covered in the past, to support ARM um, 32-bit. System. So they they recently added sixty uh, four bit support. Now they added thirty two bit support. So this is great for those small edge devices like little uh, Linux devices and so on. I won't go into details, but if you're interested, check that out. Automation Direct also had seven new products on their What New page. What's New page? Uh, new to EtherCAT PLC modules and servo systems. So Ethernet EtherCAT is after Profinet and EtherIP. Ethernet I think EtherCAT comes in third. Um, as far as uh, the most used uh, networks out there, of course, big with Beckhoff and other uh, uh, smaller vendors outside of Rockwell and Siemens. They also had information about some new Endress Hauser uh, pressure transmitters. And there was one more thing here. New uh, Lute's DIN rail mounted switching power supplies. So those are three new products from the folks over at AutomationDirect. One thing I found about AutomationDirect is if you're looking for, maybe you're building a home project, you're doing some extruded aluminum, they do free cuts. And that's huge because I don't have to break out the chop saw and put the metal blade in and you get, you get chips all over the place. So I'd love to get somebody on from Automation Direct. We've reached out to them several times. They're just very busy, but I'd love to get somebody on about their new, um, T-slotted extruded aluminum because they're doing free cuts and free shipping. And that's, you can just tell them all the sizes you want and just assemble it when you get it. I don't know if they do tapping. That's the one thing left. You know, I have a bunch of pieces in here. I got to build a new trainer with and, um, I gotta tap, tap things and drill things to be able to assemble it. But um, having the free cuts is huge. Um, from there, we're gonna go over to our guides. Today, we're gonna to feature our uh, S7-1200 guide from the automationblog.com. Over 40, I believe it's over 45 articles and videos on using the S7-1200, a lot of beginner videos. So if you're brand new, we had some uh, freelance writers write us some more advanced uh, videos, articles too. Um, some of those made our top 25 for the year. Last night, I was working on updating our media guide. With uh, you know what the top content was from last year, and uh, a couple of these uh, actually, I was there was a lot of Siemens. We're seeing more and more European people visit the site because we're covering more and more Siemens and other products in addition to Rockwell and some of uh, the the encompass partners. So uh, the completely free, uh, always free, up at theautomationblog.com. From there, we had some videos here. The first one is let me make sure it's muted. Um, I found a couple of cool videos over on Emerson's website. The first one was. Um, that they were celebrating the launch of their new micro motion G series um, and uh, you know they made a big party of it they had all the people out from the facility come out they had gave everybody a hat and they delivered the new product via a drone which I didn't understand but uh, these are f- new flow meters from them and I just I wanted to share it because I thought it was pretty it was cool to see the, the that the company uh, uh, you know had a little fun with the launch of a new product that's always cool we used to see that a lot back in the day not so much anymore um in any case let's see what else what was the other one? Oh, the other one was a how to this is a how to configure the rosemont 3490 controller um, they walk you through the tank volume uh, wizard which of course is very helpful so they actually stepped you through i think Arash does a great job here and uh goes through and configures it all the system up so i wanted to share that with you too in case you in case you're using those um, from there, let me go back and pause the video here. And uh, from there, we go over to our latest video from theautomationblog.com, and this is where I sit down with Craig Nelson from Siemens to learn all about their S two hundred and S two ten servo drives. Now, I edited this one. Did I edit this um, Tuesday morning? And I really enjoyed it. Um, He does a great job of giving you, no, he doesn't go down into all the different parameters and everything, but giving you an overview of where you would use the S200 and S210. And um, I put some generic links in here. I'm waiting for some more links from them. I may already have them in my inbox, but in any case, uh, you'll find this uh, every place you find our podcast. Let me see if I can go full screen on this. So now it won't let me. Um... But uh, in any case, you'll find it on Apple, on Google, on Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Amazon, Podcasts, Index, I believe, Podchaser, YouTube, Rumble, and right here on the automation blog. And you can also get it via RSS. It's available with audio and video. Um, And because it was sponsored by Siemens, you will have no ads in it, which which is always a big thing. We really appreciate them underwriting our costs. Um, to produce these episodes because they, they take a good uh, six to eight hours. Um, this is podcast 188 for those uh, listening and you want to know what number it is. From there, uh, we, for downloads, Metla Toledo has a great new ebook on their IND 360. We've had them on the podcast to, to talk about that. Really cool new product for Metla Toledo. This is entitled uh, The Smartest Way to Integrate Weighing. And uh, if you haven't seen that episode, this thing, if you're doing any type of weighing, right, automated weighing for your control system, you got to check out this IND 360. It is super cool. And uh, with that, um, for, as far as events coming up, Horner Automation has a new event coming up on January 23rd. They do one every week. We try to announce them a week ahead of time. Um, this one's in five days. I just had one yesterday. Every one of their episodes, too. I love this. They have on, because a, on a, um, they do it every week, they have them. listed on their website you can see every previous one now this one i think is interesting i think the last couple were like a reflection of 23 what's coming in 24. this one's actually about string handling and structured text now if you missed our uh, podcast with honor automation they do they support ic61131 three right those standard languages right and so you even if you're not using their uh their ocs system you still would probably get something out of this um, someday I'll have time to watch these things because I love watching these kind of techie things. But in any case, uh, string handling and structured text, anything you learn there will probably be uh, transposable or usable in, a, in another uh, controller system. From there we go to the firmware updates. We have uh, version 1.2 of the Scalens firmware for the XD300, XC300, and 400, and XR500. Okay. We also have image downloads. These are like the, uh, the hard drive image or the internal memory image for the HMI uh, somatic, HMI Operator Panels, the Comfort, Mobile, and Basic Panels. So we talked earlier in the week about the new images being available for the uh, Unified Comfort Panels. Now we have the new images for the other ones. And no, these are not graphics. That's what I initially thought when I first saw these. They are actually the actual, think of it as the copy of the hard drive. Uh, from there, we go over to, uh, still at Siemens, we get a new ProfiNet GSD file for the ET200AL series of Distributed I.O. And last but not least, there was a lot of new uh, downloads for Cyprotec 5. So uh, I'm linking to this one. This is all the device drivers, online help, and manuals all in one place. With that, we go to Rockwell, and we've talked about they've been releasing updates to these, uh, these, uh, call them instructions here but also to their uh, device libraries where they give you add on instructions and faceplates to make your development a breeze. Right. And so this one though is specifically on plant PAX, right? And, uh, I long to really do a, a plant PAX course just on plant PAX, but, uh, that'll have to wait until I finish what I'm working on now. But in any case, you can see everything here. You've got, uh, analog hot, analog input. That's the PAI. You get the PAID, the, the process dual sensor analog input. These are all completely free. Right? And the documentation, now this is over 600 pages, almost 700 pages. The documentation that I've read on previous versions has always been very good. So if you're interested in plant plant packs or you're using plant packs, um, you may want to check out this uh, this latest 600 plus page manual on there in process control instructions. Okay. Uh, From there, we have a new uh, document on the Square D Surge Logic, uh, Surge Protection Devices. And From Rosemount, we have the 625IR fixed gas detector. We have a data sheet and, oh, it's out of order. We also have a safety manual, but let me come to this one. This is the Bettis um, pneumatic actuator product data sheet. And then uh, here we can see the uh, manual for the Rosemount 625IR AR (laughs) and um, the safety manual for the 625IR. Okay, so from over at Siemens, we got a new manual on CyperTech 5. There was, again, a ton of new stuff on CyperTech 5. If you're using CyperTech 5, check it out. I'm the only linking to this one uh, manual. This is the motor protection manual. And um, they also had a new manual on their IEC 61850 system configurator. With that, we're now into the uh, other science and technology section. And I had two stories to share with you here. Uh, number one was a company that's making... Uh, generating power by using kites. And I just thought this was very interesting. It's like a hundred second cycle. So, um, basically it, it's, it generates electricity by letting the kite and the wind pull on the, uh, on the line for about 80 seconds. And then when the line is done, it pulls it back in. Uh, it takes about 20 seconds to roll it back in. Now I was interested in what happens if the wind stops and the kite falls down, how do you automate recovering the kite? Um, I did not find that in the article, but I did think it was interesting and I wanted to share it with you. Um, The other one I found was uh, your tablet's light sensor can spy on you. This is also from IEEE Spectrum. Some pretty ingenious people found a way to change what is being displayed on your screen in order to get the, the single pixel light sensor to develop an image of what it's seeing. And um, right now they really can just make out, you know, hands and what you're looking at. So they can pretty much tell by what's up on your screen. If you're browsing the web, they can pretty much tell which website you're browsing. And so this is a little scary, but um, in any case, uh, probably not the simplest. If your light sensor is not blocked, then your camera's probably not blocked, right? But in any case, I thought it was an interesting read and just keeping us all um, on our toes when it comes to cybersecurity and cyber spying. And with that, I want to thank Siemens for sponsoring today's show. I also want to thank everybody who signed up over at uh, automation.locals.com and joined our community. Um, We had uh, the last question that came in was on the panel bill of 1200. I believe I I covered that on Tuesday. So again, automation.locals.com is our community. Um, Also, if you have any comments on what we covered today, feel free to submit them using our talkback or feedback link um and i do want to thank everybody who picked up copies of our ebooks our video collections our coffee cups our our t-shirts every penny goes right back into every penny of profit goes right back into our show and site. and with that if you're new to the show you may not know and i mentioned this at the beginning of the show you may not know that every single link we've covered in all 160 plus shows you'll find at automate.news no www no.com, it's automate dot news. And you'll see them all there listed in the order in which they recovered them on the show. And with that, that brings us to the end of the show. Went five minutes over. My apologies, but I hope you all are having a great day. I hope the audio and video all worked correctly. I'm kind of rushing this morning. But in any case, um, I want to wish you all an awesome day. And I want to encourage you no matter what happens. Stay courageous. Stay fearless. And until next time, my friends, peace.